Hello and welcome to another podcast with me, Troy Francis, coming at you live and direct from London. It's Monday the 28th of October and yeah, just wanted to catch up, wanted to see how your weekend has been going and I wanted to give you another burst of oral goodness. That's uh, oral with an A as opposed to oral with an O. Uh, in the shape of a discussion of opportunity cost and decision making, which is the topic of today's show. But before we get into that, just a little bit of an update in terms of the stuff that I have been up to. So just come out of the weekend. Uh, It's been pretty relaxed, pretty chilled out. Didn't really do very much. Watched um, Taxi Driver again on Saturday, actually. Uh, which is one of my favorite movies I've seen a number of times, but uh, I hadn't seen it for a a while, probably for a couple of years. Um, But I was prompted to watch it again, obviously with Joker uh, having come out recently and the the influence that the Taxi Driver and also Scorsese's other film, King of Comedy, had on Joker. And so it was good to, to see it again, actually. The thing I would say is it was slightly slower moving than I remember. And I suppose, you know, I mean, how old is uh, Taxi Driver now? It's probably coming up almost 40 years old now. So it's been around for a long time. And I guess storytelling has speeded up somewhat in the intervening period. But it's still a fantastic movie. It's still a fantastic performance by De Niro. And it's still just, just a wonderful evocation of sort of late 70s, early 80s New York City the seediness of Times Square, the grittiness, the grime, the neon, the hookers on the sidewalk, all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's a bygone era. It's a, you know, it's an era that, that went when Giuliani cleared up uh, Manhattan back in the, what, the 90s, and uh, it's, it's never coming back. It's never coming back. So we can see it documented wonderfully in Taxi Driver and various other um, TV and, and movie dramas, but uh, yeah, you know, times move on. Uh, the seediness of cities like Manhattan and also London, Soho, uh, and even Berlin now, I have to say, is slowly being cleaned up. And as my friend and colleague Ernst Graf, the writer, says, the ice is melting all over the place. The ice of uh, seediness, I suppose he means, is is melting everywhere. And yeah, gentrification is becoming the norm. And it's not, that's no bad thing. I mean, New York used to be a very dangerous place back in the day, back in the taxi driver era, uh, and it's not now. But at the same time, as these places get sanitized, as they get cleaned up, as they get gentrified and made safer, they also get made safer in a cultural sense as well. They're more homogenous. They are less innovative. They're less original. They're less exciting, perhaps, than they once were so we have to look further afield we have to look at uh, maybe parts of eastern europe maybe the balkans and things like that to find places that are still just a little bit raw just a little bit edgy and interesting anyway enough of my inane ramblings about that in terms of my output uh, this podcast today and then there will be i've got some videos coming up where i'm walking around in london talking about various different things so look forward to those on my youtube channel this week if you're listening to this on youtube do hit the subscribe button do give me a like as well please uh if you're not listening to this on youtube 
then please do head over to YouTube and subscribe anyway, because that YouTube channel is the sort of focus really for me at the moment. I'm building up the audience there. I'm going to be starting to do live streaming soon. And yeah, you, you know, you want to be kept up to date with all of the latest uh, content and so on there. So do hit that subscribe button and the notifications bell as well. Uh, in terms of my stuff, I, I would encourage you to get on my daily email list, which goes out Monday to Friday, free article delivered to your inbox every weekday. Uh, so go to the link below for that and to sign up. And you can also get my collection of 10 books about dating, game, the sexual marketplace, sexual dynamics, and all of that good stuff called Renegade Dating Blueprint for just $39 at the moment. The full value of that pack, by the way, is about $250. So it really is a steal of a price. So do head to the link below and uh, download that while you have the chance of that amazing price. All right, anyway. Enough of that, let's get into the meat and drink of the program. So I wanted to just do a bit of a deep dive into opportunity costs and decision-making because I have to say, guys uh, and, and, and girls, uh, if there are any girls listening, um, this is the bane of my life. I find making decisions very difficult. Um, so, certain decisions, I mean, some decisions are very hard, some are very easy, and it, it, it sort of, it really depends on the significance of them, I suppose. But that's not to say that big decisions, that is big life decisions, are necessarily always the most difficult to make. Some things we just kind of know immediately really what, what we should do and we just go with it and and we, we execute and that's fine and there's not much of a, uh, there's not much hassle, you know. But other decisions can be debilitating and they can take, ages they can take months and months even years to make certain decisions and the problem with that is that we find ourselves in in limbo in many ways because if you don't make a decision then you're in this unfortunate halfway house where you haven't left the original state or so i, I mean another way to put it is you haven't left the stasis that you're in at the beginning uh, and you don't have the advantage of having moved on to a new space in or state in your life um, you're sort of halfway between the two, and that's not good. But unfortunately, it is a place that we can inhabit more often than not unless we learn to make better decisions. And so I'm always on the lookout for information, content, etc., about how to make better decisions. And in that vein, I saw an article this morning by Nicholas Cole over on Medium. So Nicholas Cole... Uh, worth a follow on medium if you don't already he's a he's an interesting guy he's a he's a good writer i've been following him for a year, couple of years year or so um he writes a lot about business about entrepreneurship about uh sort of relative kind of self-help type stuff but he's a writer young guy he set up his own uh company based on really based around his writing um but he came to prominence on cora and latterly on Medium by just putting out tons and tons of high quality content, great articles and so on. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a kind of an inspiring guy and also an interesting and good writer. So anyway, follow him on, um, on Medium. He's called Nicholas Cull. But anyway, he had an article on the 21st of October on Medium, which is called The Definition of Opportunity Cost and How to Choose the Better of Two opportunities. Now, as soon as I saw that, I thought I have to give this thing a read because um, that is 
somewhere that I'm often stuck. You know, how do you choose between these two opportunities and how do we know which one is the best? And what Nicholas Cole is writing about here is the idea of opportunity cost, which is something that I'm very familiar with. And probably you are too. But in case you're not, I'm going to talk through it now. Uh, and then I'm going to say what the benefit of it is, then the problems, and then really what you what you kind of need to do as a default, if you like. So opportunity cost is basically thinking about the cost of not only doing something, but also of not doing it. And the example that Nicholas Cole gives in this article is that he was working for an agency, I think an advertising agency. Let's say it was an advertising agency. And there was a situation where the firm was owed $5,000 by a client and they weren't paying up. So when you look at that situation, you think, okay, I'm owed $5,000 and I'm not getting the money. So what needs to be done here? Well, obviously, on the first uh, glance, you might think I need to chase up that money as, as, as vehemently, as, as, uh, as vigorously as is humanly possible. I need to get that money back because I'm owed that $5,000 and uh, yeah, you know, I need to get what's mine. However, what you have to remember and what people sometimes don't bear in mind and I've certainly been guilty of this, is that the chasing up of the money in itself is going to incur a cost. It's going to incur a cost for your time, for your effort, for your mental energy, potentially for legal fees if it goes to, to that kind of a situation. It incurs a cost in terms of potentially your reputation. You could make yourself look bad inadvertently by, by chasing up the, the, the money. It could put off other potential clients. There's a whole range of hidden costs here that are incurred on the on the other side of this equation. So, okay, looking at it right now, you sit there and think I've lost five thousand dollars that I that it should be in my bank account, and it isn't. But then you have to think, okay, but but what is the opportunity cost here? What could I potentially lose if I make the decision to go after that money? Sometimes it's better just to, as they say, cut your losses. It's better to say, okay, I've lost the $5,000. However, I recognize that me trying to recover it is actually going to cost me more potentially than the $5,000 that I've already lost. So I may as well just, just draw a line under it here, learn from the situation and move on to the best of my ability. Okay, so that is an example of opportunity cost. Another example, Nicholas gives a few examples in the article. A paraphrased example that he mentions is supposing that he's planned to do some writing on a particular evening and then he gets invited to a swanky rooftop party by a friend. So on the one hand, there's the possibility that he is, if he goes to this event, he's going to miss out on the night's writing. So he's going to miss out on having done a chunk of work. However, if he doesn't go, then the opportunity cost is that he uh, doesn't connect with new people. He doesn't meet new new contacts that he could potentially do business with. He doesn't get that experience that could be hugely beneficial to him in myriad ways that, you know, perhaps he can't even see as yet. So in not doing something, there is an opportunity cost, even as there is a cost in doing it as well. And ideally, 
what you need to do is look at the two things and weigh them up. So you need to think, okay, so I miss out on doing three hours writing. I go to this thing and, and, that, and that will cost me X. And you can work it out in monetary terms. Um, but even if you don't, you can work it out in terms of the significance to you. So you say, okay, um, the, that chunk of writing is worth X to me. However, going to this event could be worth Y. And then you have to weigh them up and say, well, which is, which is, the, more, which is the more valuable, X or Y? And if it turns out that actually Y potentially could be more valuable to you, then you should make the decision to forego the writing on that evening and go to the party because otherwise you'll, you incur that opportunity cost. So hopefully that makes sense. I think you see what I'm getting at. Uh, a, a, another example might be something like, uh, okay, so I want to eat uh, a, a triple cheeseburger and fries and then wash it down with some uh, strawberry milkshake. So on the one hand, um, on the one hand, that's going to cost me in terms of the, the you know, I'm going to take in a load of calories. I'm going to potentially put on weight and all the rest of it. However, uh, there's also uh, the, the degree of pleasure that I could derive from having that meal. And maybe that degree, of, maybe that pleasure is actually quite, you know, is, is, is quite considerable. Maybe, it's, you know, I deserve to treat myself. Maybe I haven't sort of blown, had a blowout like that for a little while. And, um, you know, this could be a good thing. This could be a nice thing for me to do. So probably not. Probably you should forego that meal because, you know, taking a load of empty calories is not the, the, the best idea ever. But you see what I'm saying. You know, there, there are two sides to this. And you need to consider not only the potential cost of doing the thing, but also the cost of not doing the thing. I mean, another example is you see a girl in the subway, you think she's really cute. You want to go up and speak to her. And then you have to weigh up, okay, so what is the cost of this? Well, it's going to be a little bit embarrassing. It's going, to, it's going to make me feel nervous. If I get rejected, it's going to make me feel bad and so on. But then on the other hand, what's the opportunity cost? Well, you can end up having a you know, great rapport with that girl. You can end up in a relationship with her. You know, you could end up married to her. I mean, so there's a huge opportunity cost in not going up to her and just saying hello and I noticed you and you look very nice. So... That's opportunity cost, that's what it is. And Nicholas is correct when he says that we need to bear it in mind and we probably don't bear it in mind enough. That is absolutely true for sure. So the default when I'm on, you know, you're on the subway and you see the cute girl is, shit, I'm not gonna go and speak to her because it's really embarrassing. And so you don't and then that's it. But, you, but in doing that, you fail to consider the opportunity cost that you've incurred as a result of not. So you need to correct that and you need to look at both sides. So. That's fine. But the difficulty occurs, in my view, in assigning values to each of the sides. Because it's all very well to say, okay, there's a, there's a cost and there's an opportunity cost. And it's all very well to say those things have different values and you need to, you need to make a decision on which way you're going to go based on those values. But here's the deal, right? How do you know what the value of each side is? Um, let me try to give you an example. So say, for example, you are with a girl and you are having a, a very great relationship with her. You're really enjoying your time and everything. But there is an opportunity for you to go and pursue a career option on the other side of the world in Australia. So a great job opportunity arises. Uh, they say to you, listen, we're going to fly you over. We're going to put, we're going to give you, we're going to pay for your accommodation. Um, 
you know, you're going to get this great salary, you're going to get all of these benefits, it's going to skyrocket your career, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's all fantastic, except um, the contract is going to be for a year and you know that in doing this, basically you're going to have to split up with the girl because she's not going to be able to, to uh, travel with you. Uh, she can't leave her job in the, in the uh, you know, wherever you guys are initially living. And so it's kind of like you're going to have to go for this, this decision. Do I go with my career or do I go with this girl in terms of where I put my priorities? So you can say, okay, so the cost is I, I have to split up with the girl and I lose that relationship. But the opportunity cost is, you know, this great job, these benefits, blah, 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 blah. Fine. However, it's not as simple as that, is it? Because you could write those things down on pieces of paper, on a piece of paper, like a pros and cons sheet and have it all laid out in front of you. But what you need to consider is what is the weight of each of each of the, the, the differentiating factors. So, you know, on the one hand, you could say, well, look, I mean, this woman, this girl is the love of my life. And so therefore, even if this job is going to pay me hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, it's going to make, it's going to put me into the position, you know, this incredible position, I'm going to be able to do anything I want after it and bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's, there's huge opportunity cost on that side. But if you feel strongly enough about the girl, you could say, well, yeah, but, you know, I'm in love with this girl. And, and that means more, uh, that means, that means more than anything. Love conquers all. Um, you know, that you could say that outweighs everything. So what you have to do is to make a decision on the weight of both sides. And it, it might not be rational. And this is the thing. You know, we, tr we try to um, reduce decision-making down to this kind of very logical, uh, almost impartial sort of thing. But it's hard to do that when you've got emotions involved because you can say, well, yeah, I get that. You know, I could become a millionaire. I could do this job. I could become a millionaire. I could, you know, I could, I could have any job that I want to afterwards. It's all going to be fantastically wonderful. But if I lose this girl, then I know that I will never be happy again. Now... By the way, I should, of course, point out I'm not recommending that as your um, <laughs> as the way that you uh, go, <laughs> you know, the way that you approach a decision like this. Of course, that's very blue pill to say that and all the rest of it. And, you know, you should be prioritizing your mission uh, and so on and so forth. But you know what I'm saying? As an example, this is the kind of thing that I'm that I'm talking about. These are the kinds of, of, of decisions that people have to grapple with. and They have to try to negotiate in their in their lives. Um so yeah, it's not as clear cut as to say cost, opportunity cost, because the weighting of those things is going to be very subjective, I would say. I mean, okay, you could get somebody else to have a look at it for you. Maybe this is the best way to make a decision. You, you line up all of the facts and then you, you go to a trusted friend. You, you find somebody who's not going to bullshit you. You find somebody who's going to be straight down the line, who's going to be, all right, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell it how it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to give you any BS. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you to the best of my knowledge, to the, to the best of the way I can see this thing, looking at it from a distance as a third person, what it seems to me the best option for you is. You can do that. But when it comes to the crunch, if that guy says, well, you should leave the girl, you should go move to Australia, are you actually going to do it? Or are you going to say, well, sod him because... I'm just going to, you know, love conquers all. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the girl, you know? So even if you get the impartial observer to help you out, you have to 
if you do that, you have to commit to doing what they say, come hell or high water. You know, you can't prevaricate. You can't procrastinate. You can't sort of try to try to get out of it. If that's how you're going to make your decision, then, you know, you, you've got to stick with whatever they say. Um, you could, I suppose, do it in this very numerical way. You could add up, just add up literally the, the, the pros on one side, the cons on the other side, and just go with that and try to ignore this aspect of waiting. Um, waiting as in W-E-I-G-H. You know what I mean? Uh, attributing weight. Um, you could do that, but you have to be very sure in yourself and you have to be, you have to make a contract with yourself that says, I am going to do the right thing for myself as far as I can see it, no matter, no matter what, no matter what the emotions that come into play, I'm going to forego the luxury of indulging my emotions and instead I'm going to do what seems logically to be the right thing to do. And that's tough, gentlemen. It's tough sometimes to do that, particularly, as I say, when emotions are involved, particularly when it's a sensitive sort of a topic. Maybe it involves a relationship or it involves loyalties or it involves something that's very, very close to your heart. You know, it could be like whether to give up a job that you love because some another opportunity has come up that, you know, on the, on the surface may not be as good even, but could lead to greater things in the future. And this is the other difficulty, by the way, with um, making decisions based on uh, opportunities because sometimes what you'll find you have to do is to guesstimate how successful something could be in the future. So, for example, setting up your own business, you could say, well, all right, I've got this job at the moment. It's paying me $25,000 a year. However, if I set up this business and go into that full time, then I'm, I'm going to be earning a significantly less than that for the first year or so. But in the future, I could become a millionaire off the back of it. But that won't definitely happen. So, again, you... you the data that we're presented with to make decisions is often lacking and anyway it's often clouded by our emotional response or or the emotional context in which we are making the decision so that makes things very difficult and what i want to really finish this off with or sort of bring this start to bring this to a close with is the idea that sometimes you just have to leap because here's the thing right what I've discovered in my several years on the planet, um, having to negotiate some difficult decisions at times, some difficult situations, is that unfortunately it's never going to be clear cut. It's never going to be entirely clear cut, except when it is, and then that's fine. Sometimes it is clear. Sometimes it does seem clear cut. Sometimes you do think, right, this is what I need to do. But in those tricky situations, in those difficult decisions that you have to you have to make that you're presented with. There's always going to be a, there's always going to be a grey area. There's always going to be evidence on one side, evidence on the other. There's always going to be a reason to do it and a reason not to do it, and then another reason maybe to do it. But then if you take this into account, then maybe that's another reason to do it, etc., etc., etc. And you end up driving yourself absolutely nuts. And as I say, sometimes in the end, you've just got to leap. And here's the thing as well, right? And this has been said before, so I don't take credit for it, but I think it's very true. 
a lot of the time we kind of know what the right decision is. We, we, we know, really. We, we know the right thing to do. It's just that we're putting it off because we don't want to face the short-term costs of doing whatever it is. So we don't want the short-term cost of embarrassment of talking to that girl. We don't want the short-term pain of breaking up with this other girl. We don't want the... You know, we don't want the regret or the potential regret of leaving a job, which has been good to us for a period of time. All of these different things. You know, we want to avoid pain, even though we kind of know really what we should do. So sometimes when you're in that situation, try to be as honest with yourself as possible. Look in the mirror and, and just say, look, what is happening here? What really needs to happen? What What is the best way forward for me? And the chances are, as many lists as you make and as many, you're adding out the pros and cons, the opportunity cost and all of these things, chances are you kind of know really what you should do. And my friends, sometimes you just need to take that leap. Sometimes you just need to do it. Just do it, as Nike says. Because, and here's the thing, right? I've mentioned this recently in other uh, content. Whatever you choose to do, it's not life-defining. And there are going to be positive as well as negative consequences of it you choose to move to a different country well okay you might be homesick you might miss your mum you might miss your friends and things but you're also going to have a fantastic cultural experience you're also there's also going to be all of this new stimuli brought into your existence that wouldn't have otherwise occurred so there's always going to be pros and cons to any decision it's always going to be a, a mixture of good and bad there's there's always going to be some, you know, that regret is, is, is present, but it, it doesn't need to overpower you because whatever you do, it's your life. Whatever you do, you're going to be having an experience of some kind. And whatever experience you have is valuable. Even if you choose to do nothing, that's still, you're still experiencing something. Um, however, of course, I would say that you want to try to take the decisions that are going to enrich your life as much as possible that are going to vary your experiences as much as you possibly can because if you don't then you're kind of playing it safe you're going for a very sedentary life you're you're not taking the risks that are that are out there in front of you but but by the same token then you're not take you know you're not reaping the rewards of the opportunities that potentially sit before you either and of course Really, for the, for the greatest life, for the most triumphant and magnificent life, you need to be taking those risks. But, but even if you don't all the time, you're still going to experience something, you know, and in the end, you have to trust your future self and you have to say, look, whatever I do, I'm going to make the best of it. So if you decide to play it safe in a particular circumstance, if you say, okay, I'm going to stick with the status quo because I know it and it's good and I, I like it and I'm happy, then that's fine. You know, don't beat yourself up. Just make sure that you have the the badass, the most badass kind of time doing that thing that you can. You know, don't stand still. And if you do stand still, find a way to keep moving even as you're standing still, if that makes sense. You know, find a way to do things differently. Find a way to spice things up, to change your routine. Um, but don't beat yourself up because, because look, I mean, you know, we can't all be rushing off around the, around the world all the time. We can't all be making these huge, uh, incredibly topsy-turvy life decisions all the time. Sometimes, you know, it's prudent to, to hold fire and to, to, to wait a little bit and to, to, to maybe play it a little bit safe. And other times, 
you know, sod that. You need to you need to go for the jugular and you need to take risks. But um, whatever it is that you do, try to resolve the decisions as quickly as you can. Use the opportunity cost method by all means. Think about how you're going to enforce the decision upon yourself. Because as, as I say, the issue that you're going to have when you do opportunity cost is you're going to have to think about the weight, the relative weightings on both sides. And sometimes those can be uh, debatable. And then your head can play tricks on you and it can start to say, well, maybe you should do this. Well, you know, okay. There's a lot of pros, there's a lot of pros compared to cons on that list, but still this con is really, really important and it's going to mess with your head and it's going to make it difficult. So you have to find a way to enforce it. And as I say, you can either maybe get somebody else involved so they can say, well, looking at this with fresh eyes, I can see that this seems to me to be the best path for you. Or you can do it on a very numerical basis, arithmetical basis. And you can say, I'm just, I'm going to, promise myself I'm just going to abide by whatever comes out on top here. But yeah, you know, it's uh, you've got to find a way to enforce that decision. But yeah, after that, just go with it. And don't beat yourself up, whatever you choose to do. Because whatever you choose to do, there's going to be an outcome. And that outcome is your continued life. And you're going to ensure for yourself that you have a great life, whether you play it safe or whether you take that risk. But probably you should take the risk, really. I'll leave it with that for today. Probably you should be taking the risk because ultimately that is the direction of life. And the direction, the other direction, which is not taking risk, is towards stasis. And we don't really want that. That's not really what we encourage on this particular show. Anyway, I'm going to leave it there for now. This was a podcast with Troy Francis coming at you live from London. Do sign up for my daily email list, link below. Do get Renegade Dating Blueprint, 10 book digital download of books about dating, sex, the the sexual marketplace and all of that good stuff for $39. And I will speak with you guys again very soon. Bye-bye.